we probably need a moment of silence after that. So what do women want? Okay, I'm just going to hold off on that right now. <laughs> How are you doing, Mavuno? <laughs> it's great to see you this morning. I'll tell your neighbor, happy new month. This is a great month. This is our month two. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to be still thriving this month. It wasn't just for January. This is our month two. It's our month to thrive. We're here to thrive. This is a year for us to thrive. And it's so great to see you here. Uh, thank you, our visitors, for coming. We're so excited you could join us. And I, I, you know, I want to first start by just giving you an update. Last week, uh, like the service host said, we had a chance to actually... Uh, share with you. Actually, we've been doing that over the whole month of January about the things that God is calling us to do, to be. Uh, and part of that is to relocate to a, to a space where we can actually impact the way he's calling us to. And so last week, uh, for those who weren't here, we had an opportunity uh, to pledge towards this relocation. Would you like to know what the, the pledges came to? Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, uh, to God be the glory. I mean, we were, uh, it was the first time that many of you were hearing about this. And I want to just say I am amazed by the faith of this church. Uh, at this point, currently, in addition to what had been pledged before, we had about 34 million in pledges from our leaders by the time we, had, we brought this to you last week. Last week, the pledges, total pledges, came to 27 million Kenya shillings. <laughs> to God be the glory. And this is money to be given between now and May. And so we are saying that right now, in total, we have 61 million shillings pledged by this congregation towards our relocation. Somebody can give glory to God. Because God is great. To God be the glory. And you know, we are praying that God comes through for us. We know as we make pledges like this, it's by faith. Uh, it's, not by, it's not because we have all the ability to do this. It's not because we're rich. We do it because we want to honor God. And I just, I mean, for us, uh, for those who want here, we say we're, we're trusting God for two things. We want to secure uh, uh, a 32-acre piece of land, and we want to actually uh, pay a down payment for it. In addition to that, we want to get all the stuff ready to move from here to there. And if you want more details, you can actually go out and uh, at the info table ask for one of those uh, uh, slips, one of those pledge cards. They have the information on them. But uh, we are trusting God to give us the resource this year to be able to do stage one and two, which is to secure and then to move there, uh, to relocate there. And so we're trusting God for 150 to 180 million. This is about what we roughly think it will be. So I praise God that in one Sunday, we are a third of the way there by faith. And come on, somebody can give glory to God for that. It's amazing for me. To God be the glory. And I want to say, if you, want, if you are not here, some of you took the cards home, like the service leader said, because you wanted to pray about it, or to even share with your spouse, your significant other. You can hand it in. Uh, you can pick up a card if you've not been around. And we're going to keep updating the information on our website. So you'll be able to have a chance every time to find out what's going on. We want to, be as, uh, as, uh, as info to, to pass as much information to you through this process. So we're walking through this journey together. And uh, I want to just also thank every one of you who gave, uh, who, who just contributed to our blog through the month of January. We had great contributions, people just sharing as openly as they could, and I really thank God for you. Uh, this last Sunday, we had an incredible Sunday. Uh, remember, we didn't have a sermon, we just prayed. Wasn't that amazing? I was like, what? I mean, God checked in. For those who aren't there, you missed. I mean, it was just an incredible, incredible Sunday. Uh, I want to say, I mean, and for me, this is all I know. The people I know, I'm aware of. I don't know everybody who did this, but at least 30 people gave their lives to Christ in uh, last Sunday as we prayed right here in this church. And <laughs> come on, we can do much better than that because this is why we're here. This is why we exist. 
We exist so people can discover the source of purpose, and in discovering that source, they discover their purpose. And for me, every time one person discovers their maker and enters a relationship with them, I'm like, this is it. There's a whole generation that's been changed. And I thank God for that. And so for me, for every one of you, if you're here and that was you, uh, to God be the glory. I, I got a really great testimony from the blog. And it was, I really, this person called themselves Thriver. Uh, and, I, and I just, I love that name. Uh, Thriver. It just sounds like a name you should give your son. Thriver. You know? Uh, so this, this, it's a lady though. And she says, January was a good month and I smiled again for real. She says, I've come to Mavuno a few times. I was actually introduced by a guy I liked who ended up hurting me to death. That's the way it is. Funny enough, I still love that man to the core. Don't judge me and trust me, I'm not mad. Uh, just in case you were <laughs> judging me. Anyway, on, the New, Year, on New Year's, I came to, to the service and I had people giving their testimonies. That was a service where we share what God has done to us for us. And, I, and she says, I cried the whole service, not because I was touched by what they were saying, but because I thought, will God ever give me a chance to give a miraculous story like these people? And so I decided I would try and come to church this whole month of January and see if I would be touched and if God would do something for me. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I thrived in the month of January. I smiled again. I got my self-confidence back. I remembered who I was again. And drum roll, I gave my life to Christ. This is, this is Thriver. <laughs> and so she says, listen, here I am. I'm giving my testimony exactly one month later that God has done something miraculous in my life. And she says, yippee. I guess that's what she writes here. And she says, as for the big step Mavuna wants to take uh, this year, don't worry, Mavunites, we will be in, those, in that new premise this year. Thank you for being a lovely family and a home for me. To God be the glory for you, Thriver. We thank God for you if you're here. And I just want to say uh, to Thriver and to anybody else who this represents, we're so glad you're here. This is a home for many of us. This is a place where we found our purpose. This is a place where God speaks to us and changes our lives. And for anybody who's here and you're looking for this, a place like that, I want to tell you, look no farther. This is home. Tell your neighbor, this is home. This is it. This is a place. And we thank God for that. So, so I want to go back to the question that we started with. What do women want? And I'm actually asking the men this question. Guys, what do ladies want? When they're asking for a spouse, when they're looking for their ideal mate, what is a lady looking for? Guys, are you feeling me with this question? What are they asking for? Okay, and I'll ask the ladies as well. What do men want? Is this very complicated? Should I, should I kind of start from a, like a lower place and then build up? Kind of, am I starting too far? In 404, I should be starting 101. No, 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 you guys, stop pretending you're in church. You've had this conversation before. So turn to your neighbor and just discuss with them really briefly. If you're, if they're, if they're, if you're, if you're a lady, tell them what you think men want from your limited experience. Of course, you're not an expert in this issue. But from your limited experience, this is what I think men want. If you're a man, tell them, this is what I think. From what I've seen, not what they say, but what they really want. This is what ladies in this city are looking for. Come on, just share with your neighbor. Every one of us has an opinion on this one. I'm sure of that. You guys were looking so innocent and you, you already had an opinion on this issue.
<laughs> okay, you guys are looking so intelligent. I have to, I'm trying to pick someone to share what they're saying and everyone looks like they really have great input. Could, could I ask you guys? Uh, okay, I need to ask him. Okay, somebody says ask him. What's your name, sir? My name is Jimmy. Jimmy has the answer. Okay, listen to what Jimmy says. Jimmy, please help us. As the Jamaas, we need to understand this thing. What do women want? You know, what she asked me is what I want from a woman. Oh, oh so you're, you're saying what, you, you want to say what you want from women? No, 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 no. We want you to, to hear what you think women want from you. I can do that. So I think uh, women just need love. Hey, you've become very popular all of a sudden. Yes. Now, the guys who've been around for a little while know that that is a very loaded thing. They just want love, but love has Appendix A, Appendix B, Appendix C. So, we're going to continue a little, because we want to break this down a bit. You guys look like you had some very strong opinions over here. And I want to just ask, let me ask you, what's, what's your name? Sheila. Sheila, what do men want? Please, just, just, just break it down for the ladies, because a lot of ladies have been asking that question, losing nights of sleep. Pastor M, believe me, men want you to give him four children, remain the same way you are when he married you, be a professional woman, come home, cook, have everything ready, be the smiling wife when people come in, just to be the perfect everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> All the ladies said, Okay, this is, this is your husband here, and he, he looks like he's shell-shocked, like, what? <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him. Okay, now that she said what, maybe you need to represent us guys then. Should he represent us guys? Pl please tell us, uh, explain to us, you're married. Uh, what do ladies want? Okay, according to me, I think uh, they want uh, security. As in, uh, we need to be always there for them. I think that's what they want. Yeah, security. Always there for them. Guys, are you feeling... Are you feeling represented there? <laughs> Thank you, guys. I mean, as a couple, you guys should join the Ndoa Ministry and help facilitate the classes. Because you clearly have some great opinions. Okay, I'm going to ask somebody else on this side of the house. Uh, what, 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 let me just find somebody who can also help us. Because this is an issue. I think this is an age-old question. What do men want? What do ladies want? Anybody want to volunteer their friend uh, who was very passionate? Okay, I can see someone being volunteered. All right, the ladies think you have the right answer. But should I pick someone the ladies are picking? I think they're picking what they want to hear. Huh? Oh, he doesn't have... Okay, okay tell us what, what do women want? Okay... I, I just told them that yesterday we were talking about it, and I just said, women just like to be lied to. Guys, are you feeling represented? <laughs> no, no, I'm not asking the ladies. Guys, is he, so, is he talking the truth? I, I can see a lot of guys saying, I want to say yes, but my wife is sitting next to me right now. <laughs> One, one more lady, one more lady. Just, just represent. Let, let's balance the skills here. The guys have been represented. Okay, please. What's your name? Joya. Yeah. 
I think um, men want support, continual and consistent support. Yeah. Are you are you married? Okay, she says men want continual support. Maybe there's a single man here who needs a good wife. I'm saying there's a lady right here who seems to understand what you're looking for right in the church of God. Now, I want to give a, a, a gift. I want to give a gift, a ticket to the play we just watched. And I want you guys to decide who's going to get the ticket. You've had quite a few people share. Who seemed... Okay, it seems unanimous. Uh, oh, the, the guy or the lady? Okay, okay, okay. My dear, please. You've been nominated to receive a ticket to the history books. And come on, just come, come up again and just receive this. Tell me your name again. So Sheila, uh, for representing so faithfully and so being such a wise understander of human nature, uh, you get to come to the play with your husband. So thank you very much. Excellent. Now, we, we have actually, we've got lots more tickets, so you can pick up one after this. And it's, it's a great ministry. If you have friends who maybe wouldn't come to church, but they'd watch a great fun play about marriage uh, or about relationships, then you want to make sure you get them a ticket. But let's, let, me, let me just, maybe, if you, can you allow me to share a story? Uh, for the ladies, uh, I will share a story that helps you next week. I'll share one for the guys today. Is that okay? Uh, uh, it's, uh, it, uh, yeah. So, so anyway, this genie, uh, this guy is walking on a on a coast, and he's uh, he's um, looks like he's on holiday, and he finds a little magic lamp on the ground, and he picks it up. And having watched movies and read uh, books since he was young, he knows the drill, and he rubs the lamp, and sure enough, poof, out pops a genie, big muscular genie, and the genie says, "I've been trapped in this lamp for a thousand years." And you've saved me. And because of that, I give you one wish. Whatever you want, I'll do it for you. The man says, oh my goodness. Wow. My break. He says, I'm actually a car importer. I bring cars in from Dubai. And we always get hit on taxes and on shipping and all those other things. So all I want you to do is build for me a bridge from here, Mombasa, all the way to Dubai. And I can drive my car here instead of bringing it by ship. The genie says, oh my goodness, are you crazy? Do you understand how much money that would take? Do you understand the kind of resources it would take to build a bridge like that? The cement, the, 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 the tar. Do you not understand the pylons, the steel pylons that would have to go all the way down to the bottom of the Indian Ocean? Are you crazy? And he says, no, no, no. no. I mean, I'm out of practice. It's been a thousand years. Start with something a little simpler. Ask me for something different. The man says, oh my goodness, okay, I tried says, okay, I've got another one. I've got another one. This one might be easier. says, you know, I've been wondering. My girlfriend and I are about to break up. I've been trying. I just, I'm tired. I don't know what to do about this. Answer for me this one question. I'll be happy. What do women want? Ginny sits down. Scratches his head. And then he says, that highway you wanted. Do you want it two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I promise, ladies, I'm going to give you one about the guys later, so it's okay. <laughs> what do women want? What do men want? You know, it's so interesting because when you think about it, we all want something when it comes to relationships. We all have a spoken or unspoken list that we approach relationships with. When I think back to my own life, uh, now that I've been married 18 years, I can look back and I realize when I was young, there are probably things I didn't even dare to verbalize. Some of them were really ridiculous. And one of them I was thinking about recently, and I couldn't believe, I mean, I was like, why was this important? But it was really important for me as a young man. The lady had to have long, tapering, delicate fingers. 
Now, I never ever asked myself whether my own fingers are long, tapering, and delicate. But for some reason, this was something that, you know, I just felt was very important to have in a spouse. And, and uh, I actually, this was, it was one of those things where I look at you, don't have long, tapering, delicate fingers. Uh, it just wrote you off. I mean, that was rather ridic ridiculous when I think about it. Another one that was important for me is that the person is a good listener. Is it because I'm a good listener? Absolutely not. It's because I need an audience. I have a lot to say. And so I wanted somebody who, who would be always looking at me and saying, my goodness, that is so deep. And I'm like, oh, I haven't even told you the other one. And they're like, wow, wow, wow. That is so amazing. I was looking for somebody who had this quality. Like it or not, you have a list. There's some things that you approach a potential person that you might connect with looking for. We all do that. And you know, the thing about it for me is uh, we look for these qualities and, and, and I, I asked, in fact, this week I asked some people, what, what do you look for? What do men want? What do women want? It was interesting. The ladies were very quick to answer this question. I'll tell you what they say. And ladies, are, I asked them, what do most ladies want? So you can help me out. Say amen if this is correct, because uh, they could have just been making up things. They said, uh, what ladies really want in a husband or in a good man, in mate material? Uh, ladies want someone who is self-aware. Somebody who knows himself and is not trying to prove anything. Okay, there's an amen there. Somebody with a spiritual foundation. Uh, somebody somebody who's, who knows who their God is. Okay, I like that one. That's interesting. Uh, somebody who has commitment to our relationship first. Okay, that's interesting. I want a man who respects little people. Watchman, waiters, doesn't act differently depending on who they're with. Okay, the ladies, I hope guys are taking notes here. I, <laughs> not a mama's boy. <laughs> so what the ladies are saying they want a, 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 a dude who can tell his mom mom that is out of line sister this is our house with my sweetheart here okay somebody with good looks and this is because it has implications on the genetics read babies <laughs> This lady's broke it down. They really broke it down for me. I mean, I never knew all this stuff. Uh, they said financial stability. Uh, they were not saying, no, he doesn't have to be rich, but stable financially, so he's not hanging out on me. Okay, not threatened by my success. Uh, they want somebody who can challenge them, not somebody who's always trying to push you down because they're threatened when you get promoted or something like that. Okay, this one I don't know about. Maybe this one, it was just those ladies. You can tell me if it's true. Taller than me. Really? Okay, okay. Can relate well with my family. Yeah? Okay. Uh, good grooming. In other words, he looks after himself. He doesn't have... Okay, okay, okay. My goodness. Hey. Jesus, I just sense you need to send Angel Gabriel right now. To marry somebody in this house. Anyway, okay, okay, okay. The, the guys, the guys were a little simpler. The guys were a little simpler. Uh, they, they had a shorter list for the ideal bachelorette. It seemed to boil down to, and men can say amen or not amen, uh, a beautiful, humble woman who admires me and will not expect me to read her mind or try to interpret her signals. <laughs> And then this one, maybe it's not every man. Maybe it's just a few. Maybe it's just one guy. Uh, and who will supply good and plentiful sex? Because you know, Mavuno guys are too saved. I mean, it's like, who cares about sex and all that? I just want a woman who's deep and we can have good, meaningful conversation, right? 
Wrong. This is what the guy said. So theirs was not complicated. It's a simple list. And basically a few, a few others also said she needs to cook well. Uh, now, that, they're probably speaking for themselves, right? I can see some guys just being told by their wives. <laughs> Kill the story. All right. Well, this, these are obviously generalizations. And I'm sure the reality is uh, we're all different. There's some ladies who are listening to the list and saying, well, maybe, but not, not quite for me. There's some guys who are listening to that list and saying, well, maybe, but I'm a little deeper than that. I'm, 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 I'm one of those sensitive men. I mean, I, 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 I'm a little deeper than just good food and, and, and good sex. And I, I, man, I, you know? No? <laughs> okay, okay. But the point I'm making is we generalize, obviously. But consciously or unconsciously, the point I'm trying to make is we all have a list of certain desires that we want fulfilled by this Mr. Right or Miss Right. And we're searching, looking for somebody who encounters, uh, when we encounter that person and they fit the bill, it's like we've got this little radar going on. And then, and you zoom in and it's like, wow, I got her. Some people you look at and you look at them and you're looking and you're feeling zero. <laughs> nothing happening you know and there's something some qualities we're looking for consciously or unconsciously when we approach our other person and you know that's why it's, I think it's so common to hear women saying today that there are no good men left around I mean you look around there are so many men but they're like there are no good men why? because the men they're there they just don't fit the criteria or to hear men saying that women are just too complicated nowadays well I think it's because there's certain criteria that we're looking for as men and not seeing as we assess the people who are around us. But you know, back in the day, life was so simple. I mean, back in those days, your parents are the ones who did all your recruiting for you. I mean, they went around and assessed out the competition. They looked in a process that today would make most headhunters look amateurish in comparison. They went out and they conducted a rigorous set of interviews. They, 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 they looked for people who are not just compatible with their child, but with the whole extended family as well. They conducted background checks to make sure there's no madness in their family, that these people are, are, are usually, they don't beat their wives. They made sure that all stuff was sorted out. They followed up references and they delivered the candidate most likely to perform best in all conditions. Life was simple back in the day. The person of those days didn't have to grow up worrying, who will I marry? Somebody else looked after it. You have to admit, life is a lot more complicated today. And most of us, when we are honest, most of us say the dating game is much harder today than it's ever been in the past. Uh, today, it's this whole thing, the only guidance, with the only guidance coming from uh, FM stations and talk shows and magazines and the internet, Today's young person has the daunting task of single-handedly finding a spouse who will be a good parent to their children, who will, not, uh, be, uh, who, who will be committed to their relationship, uh, who will be a loving person that they can spend their whole life with. And this is all up to them with very little guidance and counsel. And the high rates of divorce and separation. Today, people are separating after just a few months. And I know you all know people who separate after not a, not a very long time in their relationship. And it tells me, that we have a major problem when it comes to our mate selection criterion in this city. And so we're going through a new series. Is there a better way to find Miss Wright or to find Mr. Wright? We're starting a new series this month called Finders Keepers. How to find and keep the one. Now, some of you are trusting God that this is a year when you find the one. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know what? I'm saying you're in the right place. I'm so glad you're here. 
Because this is a chance for you to begin to understand what must happen in the process of finding that person. Begin to put some things in place in your life in order to be ready for that person. Some of you are in that place where you've already found the one. Maybe you're even married to the one right now. To God be the glory for you. I'm glad you're here. This series is not just about finding, it's about keeping. And we all know that keeping is a lot harder than finding. Uh, it's, it's work. And so we're going to be talking about things that will be helpful to you in your relationship, in your marriage as well. And so I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Some of you are in a place where for certain reasons, you're not in position to find or keep. Maybe you've had, you have a broken heart from a past relationship. Maybe you've been widowed. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe you're in a situation where right now you're not really thinking about finding or keeping the one. But you know what? You're still in the right place. Because there are some things you're going to be learning in this series that will help you become the person that God created you to be. In other words, every single one of us has something to learn. Because I sense that God is saying some incredible things for us to us in February. In January, I shared with you that God sort of sh shifted our preaching program for the church and said, there are some things I'm going to teach my people this year because I want them to thrive. And we're saying in February, we want to thrive in our relationships. How many people are ready to thrive in relationships right now? To God be the glory. You're in the right place. And so I want us to turn to an amazing scripture. Uh, Genesis chapter 29. And we're going to read a passage there. A short story. It's a short story. But it gives us an essential foundation when it comes to finders keepers. Uh, Genesis chapter 29, verse 31. And like I say, it's an amazing story uh, in the scripture. And let me tell you people, I tell you, always read the Bible with imagination. There's some great stories in the scripture. Uh, just amazing stories. This is one of the most amazing. Uh, just listen to this. Genesis 29, verse 31 to 35. And it says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simon. And again she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I've borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. And she conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I'll praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. And then she stopped having children. Let me just ask God to speak to us through his word. Father, I invite you now to come right here into this space. You are God of the universe, God who reigns over the whole earth. But you're also personal. You're also able to invade our space. And so we invite you to invade this space. We invite you, Lord, to speak to every single one of us. While on others you're calling, don't pass anyone by. I pray that, Lord, you'd give us a word that would change our lives, to help us to thrive, help us to be the people you want us to be. Lord, we love you and we need you and we're here because of that. So I pray that, Lord, you'd speak to everyone here. And I pray that you would use me, Lord. I pray that, Lord, people would not hear me, my imperfections, my issues, but they would hear you. You who is the perfect God, may your word come. Speak to every single person as you would want to speak to them. And so we bless you, Lord, and we're ready to hear your word. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now, the Bible is amazing. In fact, I want to say sometimes the Bible has more drama than a Mexican soap opera. I, good grief. Look at this story. Imagine you're watching a Mexican soap opera called Triumpho de Amour which means triumph of love. The hunk, Jacobino. 
You can see him there with his shirt open to the third button and a golden medallion. He falls in love with a beautiful Rachelita. And they determine to spend the rest of their lives together. And so he asks her father for the hand in marriage. But unfortunately, her dad is so obsessed with money that he sets up an impossible bride price. He says, you have to work seven years for me in my company. And then after that, you can have my daughter's hand in marriage. Maybe this is in a Mexican soap opera. Maybe it's a Kikuyu soap opera. Okay, moving right along. Jacobino, he sets his, he decides I must do this because I love my woman. And he gets to work doing things that most normal men would faint for the next seven years, day in, day out, he rolls up his sleeves. He walks in the farm and he does what he must do. Once in a while, he looks up and he catches the gaze of beautiful Rachelita passing by with her girlfriends. And he wipes the sweat off his brow and says, I'm coming, sweetie. Soon we'll be together. Seven years later, seven hard years later, the day dawns. And Jacobino strides up to his father-in-law-to-be. And he says, I've done it. It's time. And to his joy, the man says, no problem. In fact, I will even pay for your wedding fiesta. And so the day comes. And all the girls are looking beautiful. And Rachelita walks down the aisle. Except, you know what? In those cultures, you have to wear a veil the whole day. Nobody sees your face. But Jacobino doesn't care about little things like that. He's waited seven years. He can wait another day. And the vows are said, and the dancing happens, and pretty soon at night, this is a good soap opera, so the lights go out at that point. Fade to black. The next morning, the sun comes up, and Jacobino reaches out for his bride to draw her close to himself, and discovers to his horror, it's not Rachelita, it's Rachelita's older sister, Leonina. <laughs> oh my gosh angrily Jacobino strides out of the tent and he confronts his father-in-law what are you thinking the old man tells him sit down sit down my son he says I thought you understand in our culture younger sister doesn't get married first I thought we explained to you when you came to live among us the man doesn't even want to hear. He's so angry. His father tells him, no, no, no. Relax. Don't blow anything. Just go back to your honeymoon tent. Finish your business. At the end of the week, come back. I will also give you Rachelita. On one condition. You work for me seven more years. I told you this is a Kikuyu soap opera. But Jacobino doesn't care. And he does it. And as a result, he becomes the first person in history to have two weddings and two honeymoons back to back. Tell your neighbor, you can't make this stuff up. What? I, it's right here. It's in the word of God. This is what's happening. You know, I love the Bible because it's real. This is a real book. It talks about real stuff. Stuff that happens in real life. This is, this is an amazing story. And you know, the funny thing is, this girl, the Bible tells us that Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. It sets up a confrontative situation right from the start of this story. There's drama in this story. Can you imagine growing up as poor Leah? I mean, she grew up with a squint in her eyes that made her eyes look all kind of funny. They were off balance. The Bible says she has weak eyes. And as a result, she's not very attractive compared to her beautiful younger sister. And so all through high school, all through primary school, every time a hunk came up to her and said, Hi, 
and her heart beat. He'd say, I want you to give a letter to your sister. And all of a sudden, she just know, all of a sudden, she's been passed over one more time. And now finally, she's getting married on the day she's getting married to the man she most admires. She has to live with the knowledge that her husband feels trapped to be in marriage with her. And he would rather be with another woman. Not a good start to any marriage. This is a drama. A horrible family drama that plays out in the pages of this holy book. Now, like any other woman her age, Leah had desires that she expected her, her dream man to satisfy. She wanted a knight in shining armor. A man who would love her. A person who would be attached to her. A man who would spend quality time with her. And who would rescue her, perhaps, from her low self-esteem. She may not have been as beautiful as her sister, but the passage we just read tells us she had a competitive advantage and she knew how to work it. She could have babies and her sister couldn't. And so Leah decided, if that's what it's going to take to trap a man, I'm going to do it. I hear, by the way, that this may not just be something that happened in the Bible. They just tell me, I don't know if it's true, but they just say that. That even today, there's still people who apply Lenina technique to hook a man. And so this lady starts to have babies. And she named her first son Reuben. Because she says, uh, Reuben means, uh, he has seen my misery. And, it's, and she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. <sighs> Do you think it worked? Imagine you're the relationship column of the newspaper. Nestande Saturday Nation. Dear Philip. I want to have a baby so that my husband can love me more. What do you tell her? Ain't gonna work. Ain't gonna work. So anyway, basically she decided this thing hasn't worked. And the second baby she had, she had another baby. And this one she named Simon, which means one who hears. By the way, Pastor Ice, I hope you know that's what your name means. One who hears. What does Simon mean, one who hears? And what she said is, listen, <laughs> it is because the Lord has seen my misery. No, 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 she said, because the Lord has heard I'm not loved. And he gave me this one too. God has heard me. And I think she had that child out of bitterness. Because she was like, he's not hearing me. He's not hearing me. Man, at least God is hearing me. And she continues. You know, Albert Einstein says that the definition of insanity is to, to do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result every time. And so Leah's game of insanity continues because she's still hoping for a different result. Baby number three, she called Levi or attached, saying, now at last my husband will become attached to me because I've borne him three sons. Somebody say, what? She's not getting it. Now, the interesting thing about it is, lest we wonder how crazy Leah is, I want to just put it to us that perhaps she's not as crazy as we think. Perhaps she's doing something that many of us consistently do in our day-to-day -day life. As a generation, we've grown up believing in the mantra, if it feels good, do it. We've come up believing that, you know what, the person who I'm supposed to hook up with is supposed to meet needs for me. And so we enter into relationship with this thought. I want a spouse who make me happy. I want a spouse who make me feel good. I'm looking for a husband because I've got needs. Surely even God knows that I have needs. Or for a, a, a guy, you hear many guys say, well, I'm looking for a wife because it's time for me to settle down. It's all about me. That's why many in our generation, by the way, have no problem thinking about ag agreeing to the fact that it makes logical sense to cohabit before you marry. I mean, it's like buying a car. How will you know how well the car drives 
you have to go on a test drive, right? So you get in the car and you test drive it, and afterwards you come and sign the document, you say, I like the car. So many people feel, surely, if I'm going to give my life to somebody the rest of my life, there should be no problem with us hooking up, we live together, we shack up, and then afterwards we'll be able to tell if we want to spend the rest of our lives together. Now, I want to say this very gently, as gently as I can to my generation, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Why? This is going to sound so simple. Because human beings are very different from cars. <laughs> human beings perform differently under test conditions than they do on the road. This is just the way life is. Humans are different. And I want to say this. The interesting thing, you, you probably don't know this. It's almost impossible to, regardless of how long you stay together, as long as there's no commitment, as long as I can walk out tomorrow without any, 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 anything befalling me, it's impossible for me to, to, to give my life fully to you. It's impossible for me to be completely vulnerable because we know we're under test conditions. As human beings, we can fake it for as long as we need to fake it. And sometimes we don't even know we're faking it. It's, it's amazing. You know, I dated my wife for about, sweetie, how long did we date? Three years. And we were in the same class those three years. I mean, we're, we're, we'd see each other more than most married people see each other today. I mean, because I'd see her at 8 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock at night for three years. And then after that, we worked in the same job for a whole year. I remember thinking, my goodness, if anyone ever knew his wife, I'm not even married yet, and I know my wife to be. Hey, shock on me shock on me it's impossible we perform differently under test condition and you see the problem with this thinking is it's all about what the other person can do for me it's externally focused it's about waiting for the one as opposed to being the one Leia's story teaches us that if you, if you operate by an external focus then your only choice the only results that can occur once you finally meet the person is that you will have to manipulate them to remain what you want them to be. You notice what happens. She marries this guy, and after that, it's like I have to just work him. I have to do things to him to make sure he loves me. She's working him. She has to manipulate him because she married him to get some certain results from him. And over and over, she tried to get satisfaction from her husband. It never ends. She was always disappointed. Before she realized that only God could satisfy that it was insanity, she was perpetuating her heart had been broken into a million little pieces. And it's only when she came to that place that she realized it doesn't work. You know, I want to say this, that many of us are walking into relationships, looking for our needs to be satisfied, and we don't realize that what we're doing when we do that is that we're transferring the responsibility for our joy, our significance, our happiness, our self-esteem to another human being. And I want to tell you this, no single human being can carry that kind of responsibility. It's too much. That they're the ones responsible for my joy. That they're the ones who are responsible for my self-esteem. They're the ones who make me feel better about myself. Tell you what, not a single person can do that. And many of us are deliberately walking into heartbreak, perpetuating insanity, walking into a place where there's no way out. This is what Leah's story teaches us. And this was her realization. You know, one day Leah woke up and she came to the fact, she came to the realization that it didn't matter how many babies she gave this man, 
she couldn't force him to love her to, to love her and at that point the bible says she stopped her insanity and she named her fourth son she was already pregnant when she came to the realization but she named her fourth son judah and judah means praise and she said this time i will praise the lord hey, hey, hey. i've been trying I've been working him. I've been doing everything. I've been nagging him. I tried having babies. I tried forcing him. I tried pulling tantrums. You know what? This time, I will praise the Lord. I sense that God is saying to somebody in this room, maybe even somebody married right now, hey, listen, it's not going to work. You're trying to make that man be something that he's not meant to be. You're trying to make that woman give you something she was never meant to give. It's about time for you to say like Claire, this time, I'm changing my focus. I'm shifting my focus away from man and onto God. It's only when we change our focus that God helps us to become the person we're meant to be. Tell your neighbor, change your focus. Now the sad thing is about Leah is she momentarily looked, changed her focus, but she's quickly forgot. And this is a sad thing for me in this passage, that her old insecurities crept right back. And in the next chapter, if you read this story after that, she got into this baby race with her sister and was like, how, how, how fast can I get babies? Because my sister is also having babies. I mean, she was able to say this much, I can praise the Lord. When her sister started having babies, she forgot everything. And all of a sudden, she thought she went back to her old insanity. And she had baby after baby. At some point, she even bribed her sister. You know, they had nights. Uh, it was a polygamous marriage. They had nights allotted to them. She bribed her sister to give, her, her sister, to give up her nights with her husband so she could have more babies than her sister. How crazy is that? At some point, she even called her maid and said to the husband, fine, uh, I can't keep up with the demand, but I got you somebody here. What? It sounds ridiculous, but it's a natural progression when you're trying to make someone meet your needs. Somebody needs to say, this time, I will praise the Lord. I'm going to stop making a fool of myself in relationships. I'm going to stop expecting people to give me what people are not supposed to, they're not designed to give me anyway. This time, I will turn my gaze to the one, the only one who can do it. Let me put it starkly. Can I just be real? Oh, you don't want me to be real. You know, sometimes church is a place where you tell guys nice things. Can you want me to tell you, tell you nice things or be real? Let me, let me be real. <laughs> Desperate, clingy women can only attract hard and caring men. I don't think I'm getting through right now. Hard and caring men will only attract desperate, clingy women. If you've been going through this situation in your relationship where you're always ending up with the wrong person, maybe it's time to start asking, are they the problem? Or is the problem right here? Okay, maybe I should just stop. I see this every day at Mavuno Church. I see this every day in our city. You're trying to make them be something. You're approaching life with your list. Listen to me, like attracts like. You can't attract something you're not. Like attracts like. A relationship only compounds the state it found you in originally. Can I explain what I mean by that? 
If you are in a lonely place, if your life is lonely and you're longing for somebody to marry, you will only attract another lonely person. And then you'll be demanding that they meet your need, not understanding they can't. That's why they married you. Are you beginning to understand what I'm saying? If you're broken and you're looking for somebody to restore you and to heal you, you're only going to attract other broken people like yourself. They can't meet your need. That's why they married you. You're the doctor, not them. And so many of us find ourselves in that unenviable position of two patients, no doctor. Or maybe I can say it a bit harshly, two ticks, no dog. I can see two ticks just sucking each other. Ticks were never supposed to suck each other. But this is what's happening in many relationships today. I'm pulling from him, he's pulling from me. And somehow we're bound never to satisfy one another. This is the situation. You see, unhealthy people attract other unhealthy people with complementary dysfunctions. Maybe I should let, let Oprah do this sermon. You'd, you'd, you'd smile a bit more. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. For example, let me give you an example. If, you're, if you have addictions or addictive behavior, the kind of people you will attract into your life are people who are codependent. What's a codependent person? A codependent person is a savior. Somebody with a, I need to save the world, I need to save somebody else mentality. This is how they feel. I, I need to be a healer to somebody. And so, so guess what? You, 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 you don't realize you actually have a dysfunction that that person is meeting. And this is why in many situations you go and find a wife who says, oh no, he came drunk again and even beat me. And say, oh my goodness, it's time for you to move out. What, how can you tolerate this again? And he says, but he said sorry. I'm believing changing his change. Really? No, he's not. He's meeting your need. You need to be in that place where you're saving somebody. Where you're feeling sorry for somebody. And here's a problem. When two of you with complementary dysfunctions come together like that, do you understand what's going to happen? One day, you're going to get tired of being in a place where you need healing. And you're going to realize it doesn't work. And you're going to look for healing somewhere else. So you're going to come home and say, Oh, hubby, you can't believe it. I actually went to Mavuno Church. My goodness, I gave my life to Christ. I'm so different. The guy's going to look at you like, Hmm. And who do you think you are? Why is he saying that? It's not because he hates God. It's because he needs his healer there. And he's going to work against your healing. Why? Because he needs you down there to be working with him and playing in the dirt with him. And that's why you find sometimes in situations where alcoholics start being healed in their family, that their family members are the ones who pull them back down. Ridicule them, tell them we know where you came from, we, we don't even believe you've changed. Why? Because they can't bear not having a black sheep in that place. Meeting a need for them. Can you see the problem we're in? This is a problem that many of us find ourselves in. Unhealthy people attracting other unhealthy people. Two very dependent people working hard to ensure that nobody ever gets healed. Tell your neighbor, work on your issues. Work on your issues. We need to shift focus. We need to deal with our issues. We need to stop waiting for Mr. Right or Miss Right to come into our lives and make us perfect. Because they won't. If we don't already have health in our lives, nobody else will bring health into our lives. 
This is what the story of Leah is teaching us. We need to understand this, God's people. We need to understand this. Because so many people are walking around looking for a healer or a rescuer. Okay, now you can clap. We need to understand this, God's people. I really feel... I feel pain for my generation. I feel like we've lost the script. We're looking for humans to supply what only God can supply. It's time for someone to say, this time, this time, I will change my focus. This time, 2012 February, this time, something is different. You need to realize that no one else can satisfy your needs except God. And it's only as he fulfills us as he grows us to become who we are created to be, that we can attract other whole and secure people. It's only as God begins to meet my needs, as he begins to heal me, as he begins to help me become whole, as he, make, as he meets my, my needs, my, my self-esteem needs, helps me to have God-esteem, not even self-esteem. When I'm that kind of person, I will only, I'll only be able to attract other people who are like me. You know what happens? As you begin to work on you, as you begin to work on your issues, guess what's happening? You're growing up. You're rising up. You're becoming taller. You're becoming more confident. Guess what's happening? The guys who were attracted to you in the past no longer can even fit your radar screen anymore. Something's changing. You're not even attracted. There's no, there's no chemistry. They walk into the room and they can't even approach you, by the way. Because you're no longer in the same class. They know it. They can see it. And you know what happens if you're married? It's not too late for you. It's not too late for you. Because you know what's going to happen in your marriage when you start to grow up, when you start to grow tall? Your husband, your wife, is either going to have to deal with a grown-up or stay a child. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're going to have to, they're going to come and start playing those games of, ah, and they're going to find you're not playing anymore. I don't play childish games anymore. I love you. You're not going to pull me down where you are. And at that point, that person has a choice to either grow up or to stay childish. You know what happens at that point? They make the choice. So you can help them. And the best way to help them is to stop focusing on them and focus on yourself and allow God to help you to grow up to be the person that he made you to be. This is what I'm saying today. So here's what I'm saying. Stop looking for the one. Be the one. Tell your neighbor, stop looking for the one. Stop looking for the one. Be the one. Be the one. Somebody needs to bring Mainak again into church at Mavuno Church this month. We need to stop perpetuating childlike, childish love in this city. Lust in this city. We're creating a whole generation of people who have no idea what relationships look like. Relationships only work for mature people. Only grown-ups should get married. But today, many children are getting married because they don't understand what it takes to relate with another grown-up. And we're saying, stop trying to be, stop, stop, stop looking for the one. Be the one. This is the best thing that you can do for yourself in 2012. You see, in dating relationships and marriage, God can allow us to meet other people's needs. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's no need that someone can meet for you. Absolutely. God created you to have your needs met by someone else. But you know what? This need can only be met and you can only meet someone else's needs after God has filled you. You know, it's like, it's like this vessel where there's a tap that's on and it's overflowing. And as the overflow happens, I can give it to you. Only when my own vessel is overflowing can I become a source to you. But as long as mine is dry, as long as I have nothing pouring into me, you know what happens? Two ticks, no dog. We're trying to get each other. The little scarce resource we have between us, we're fighting for it. It doesn't work. 
And so it's only as God begins to meet my needs, to fill me, am I able to overflow and to become a source to somebody around me. So we need to grow. We need to stop searching for the one. We need to be the one. I believe that God wants to bless our relationships in 2012. Hey, let me say this, and I, and I want to say this. At this point, I want to speak prophetically, if you'll allow me to do that. I want to say that in 2012, some people in this place, and many of them, are going to hook up. They're going to find a phenomenal spouse right here in Wavuno Church. I want to say this, that this is a year when there'll be so many weddings, we're going to start outsourcing pastors from other churches to do weddings in this church. Because there are going to be some phenomenal, phenomenal couples that are going to hook up in this church. I'm speaking right now to somebody who's in this place. I believe God wants to bless us relationally. He wants to fill our cup relationally. He wants to bless us. And I believe this is a year He's going to do that. I believe there are marriages that are going to be saved in this place. There are marriages right now that are so badly off that it looks in the world's eyes, in the eyes of any psychologist who's counseling you, they'll tell you, you must even separate. It's impossible. And I'm telling you that today, this, this year, 2012, marriages in those impossible situations will come to this place and actually become the ones facilitating other people to help them in their marriages. I'm speaking to a marriage in this place right now. I'm saying have hope. This is what God is saying. This is what God's desire is for that marriage that you're in. Yes, your marriage. And you know what? <laughs> this is only going to be, begin to happen as we begin to release ourselves. Stop searching for the one. Stop searching for your husband to be the one. Learn to be the one. Allow God to fill us. You know what happens, by the way, when God fills you? When God begins to become your source? At that point, praise God. If, I'm, if I find the spouse, if I find the right person for me, praise God. But you know what happens if I don't find them? God anyway because they're not coming to bring anything to me that I don't already have in Christ Jesus this is the power of understanding your source this is what God wants of us I believe that this is a year of mature people in this church people who walk around not desperately clinging to other relationships that don't work not looking for people who will hurt them over and over but people who are able to say I don't do that stuff anymore I'm different because I have Jesus Oh my goodness, what an attractive person that is. You know how attractive a woman is who doesn't need you? <laughs> Just ask the girl next to you. It's true. It's true. She's not desperate. She knows who she is. She's an attractive, beautiful woman. And you're like, my goodness, I want to know her. And when I come to her, she looks at me. She says, hey, you need to grow up a bit. We're not together. Praise God for women like that. You know how attractive a man is who knows where he's going? Who has his passion and his vision? He's not looking for women to satisfy him. Because he's complete in Christ. My goodness, who doesn't want a man like that? I'm saying, listen, this is a year of wholeness at Mavuno Church. This is what God wants in this congregation. It's going to happen. I believe God, it's going to happen. Who knows it's going to happen this year in your life? To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Hey, this is why this series is so important. I believe that God is saying, this is, this is going to be so critical. That we get our relationships right. We get our own life sorted out as we come to this series. If you've got friends, you need to invite them. Next week, we're going, to be, we're going to be getting deeper now. Talking about some of those things that we just don't talk about. And beginning to talk about, we're going to say, forget, forget the FM stations. They don't even know what they're talking about. They need to be here. By the way, if you know, if you know Minor personally, invite him to church next week. Tell him, it's okay, even if you don't believe, just come and listen. They're talking about things that might actually help you to even become a better radio, radio show host. If you know anybody on radio, bring them here. Because we're saying there's content in God's word that they need to be passing across and not destroying our generation. Invite them. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal month. I want to just pray. And I, the Lord put three 
categories of people that I, I want to pray for as I conclude today, as we end this first sermon. I sense that the Lord says, by the way, I'm going to call Pastor S, I'm going to call you to come and just pray uh, for these people because I just sense the Lord really wants you to bless us. Somebody's saying I'm in a difficult space. This is a, this is a hard, hard place. I walked into this place, but Pastor M, my marriage, I'm almost giving up on it. We're in a hard, hard, hard place. I never ever imagined when I got married that one day I'd be in this place right now. And I'm going to say this is a time. I believe that the Lord wants to bring healing, blessing, recovery into your marriage. I want to pray for you. There's somebody here who has a broken heart. And the Lord revealed this to me. There's somebody who's, who came into church with a broken heart. Your heart has been shattered in relationship. So badly. But I sense that the Lord is saying, this is when the healing begins. He says, I know every piece and where it is. And I'm going to be the one to put it back together again. And I sense that your father is saying, I want to heal you today. To begin the work of healing. That will make you a whole person, not dependent on others for healing. And then lastly, there's somebody, I just sense this is a word that God has put in my heart. I want to strongly speak this to somebody. And if this is you, I want you to stand up and respond to this as well. There's somebody here who needs to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm single, but this year I'm actually taking a break from relationships because I've got too many issues to sort out before I can even sort out with another person. And this year, by your help, I'm actually not entering a relationship with another man or with another woman. That's insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again. Hello? 2012 is going to be different. I'm going to, be, I'm going to stay happily single until I've sorted out the issues I need to sort out. If you're in any, any one of these categories, just stand up right now. Stand up. You know it's you the Lord is talking to. Before you came, before I even prepared this message, the Lord had intended it for you. And He brought you to this place to receive it. Come on, just stand up right now. Don't even be shy. It's not about the person you're with. We're saying the Lord is here. And as we boldly stand and take Him at His word, the Lord is here to heal us. Come on, let's appreciate those who are standing all across the room, in the mini-dome as well, outside as well, in the tent. Don't worry about who's here. If you're with your spouse, perhaps you even tell them, let's stand up, let's be brave about this. And let's just stand up together. We need hope. Only God can give us this hope. Please stand wherever you are. Pastor S, if you just come and lead us in prayer. I want to say this as Pastor Simon comes. We have a class called Noah. Some of you are living together. You haven't even got a foundation for marriage. And as I've said this, I want you to, don't hear me condemning you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm so glad you're in church today. And I want to do this. I want to make this invitation open for you. If you're living together, you would like the blessing of God on your marriage. You want to do it right. You've, not, you've started wrong, but you want to do it right. We want to offer you our class. And at the end of the class, giving you the foundation for your marriage, we will do your wedding for you. If it's about money, don't even worry. We will sort at Mavuno Church. We will do what we can to make sure you get married and money will not be your problem. So please, sign up after this for the Ndoa class. And we want to help you with this. So if you're here, don't be afraid. Just sign up. Come on, let's appreciate anybody who's in that place. I believe the Lord is going to do this for you as you take that step of boldness. If you're in a place where your marriage needs hope, if you're in a place where you're, you, you have no foundation in your marriage anyway, even though you're married, don't wait for problems. Sign up for Ndoa as well. Let me invite Pastor S to just pray for those who are standing there. Let me ask those of us who stand just to stretch your hands right in, in front of you as we pray. Lord, we come to you as the one who created us for relationship. You know what we need and you know where we are. We want to start by praying for those single ones of us who need healing. Lord, we have realized we are vicious and that our spouses or our friends cannot solve them. Lord, we cry out to you 
And I pray for those dear ones that you're going to bring healing to them. Lord, first you will open their eyes to see what is the issue. Is it a background issue? Is it rejection? Is it uh, low self-esteem? Whatever it is, we pray that this will be a season of open eyes. They will see what the issues are and they'll bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ who is our only true doctor. So I pray for them that this will be a year of them of being single separating from the issues separating from people of the past who have made them what they are that they will give that up and they'll be single healthy in christ jesus that's what we pray and may the touch of the lord rest upon them lord we pray for those of us who have been hurt by other people recurring or bringing woundedness we are angry, we are bitter, we are carrying resentment and all of these things. We pray as we come to you that you will bring healing. Pray that today they will have the grace to let it go. Not to hold on to it and be identified by that, but to give it up and be who they are in Christ Jesus. We thank you because by your stripes we are healed. And we pray that healing will come upon the hearts of his dear ones. Heal their identity. Heal their hearts. Heal them, Lord Jesus. For that's why you came. Lord, we pray for those in marriages that are broken. Or they are breaking. And they are wounded in those marriages. Lord, you said our marriages are a testimony about Christ and the church. And we call upon you right now as a God who is able to sort out things. We pray for healing. Lord, we pray for a turnaround for those marriages. We pray for many testimonies right now. Lord, I speak to someone who has been separated for more than three years. That you're going to heal them and bring them back to that relationship. Heal both of them and let this be a testimony. We speak to many of the broken marriages and we speak healing, reuniting. We speak reconciliation. We pray that God will do only what God can do. He will bring that healing. So we speak these uh, things unto your people in the name of Jesus. This is a month and this is a year for healing, for restoration, for being whole again, being united again. This is a month of celebration and we celebrate in advance for yours is a kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Let's celebrate Mavuna for what God will. Amen. Let me invite us all to stand as we conclude. I praise God for every one of you who has stood and I pray for that heavenly turnaround in 2012. I want to bless you as you go out to the week. But here's what I want to say. We said, stop searching for the one. Be the one. How do you become the one? This is a year perhaps some of you need to sign up for Mizizi and stop waiting for somebody. Start, stop being so busy that you can't sort out your issues. You need to discover your purpose. This is the year some of you need to enter into kingdom friendships. You don't want to get into relationship with someone and be so isolated in relationship. You want to have some close friends who watch your back. And this may be the year when some of you need to begin to do that. This may be the year when you begin to serve in church. You know what? You want to marry a humble person with a servant's heart. How will you develop your own servant heart if you haven't learned to serve our children without expecting return? If you haven't learned to serve as an usher without anybody giving you gift in return? This is how you develop yourself to be who God wants you to be. So determine this year that Lord, I will work on me. I will be the one and trust you to make me the person, the best you 
that you created me to be. Come on, lift up your hands before the Lord right now. Lord, I speak a blessing over your people. I thank you for everyone who is here. Thank you that, Lord, you brought them here by your grace. Lord, none of us deserve to be here. None of us. But Lord, by some act of mercy, you've chosen us to be people who you're daily transforming and making us more and more like you. You have such great purpose for us, Lord. And Lord, I'm speaking a blessing over your people. I'm praying that, Lord, in February, things will begin to change in our relational lives. A new perspective would come into our eyes. That, Lord, those of us who've been walking stooped would begin to walk tall as we understand who we are in Christ Jesus. And I pray that, Lord Jesus, you give us such confidence, such authority, such God esteem in you. That, Lord, even people will look at us from our past and say, my goodness, there's a difference in you. What is this that is so attractive about you? And so I speak a blessing over your people, Lord. I speak this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Hey, give your neighbor a high five. Tell them, be the one.